so do not necessarily represent those of the management and staff of WTCA. It's the What's Your Opinion show, our daily talk show focusing on you, the people, events, and issues of Marshall County. Now here's your hosts, Kathy Bodorf and Rusty Nixon. Okay, you're going to be proud of me this time. Are you sure? I, you're going to be proud of me. Okay, with the weather coming. Okay, you, you know I've been renting out the audience studio on Fridays to make a little extra money. Yeah. Um, with the weather coming, I was actually able to secure a dog sled race over there. So <laughs> we uh, we are right right on the right on the cutting edge of sports entertainment. So <laughs> a dog sled race. Yeah. Well, it works. We're gonna have the snow, and uh, so uh, we got we got paid too. It's good. Wow. Good check. Okay. Well. Good check. We're getting paid in kibble. You you so, are. Uh, you're the the uh, pick up picker upper after though. You're gonna clean that room see, after. I um I'm kind of the idea guy. I'm kind of the I'm kind of the marketing guy on this. I I think ah. uh, I think we ought to get the camel in there to do some uh, <laughs> do some maintenance. I, I don't. I think the camel's going to have trouble with the feet of trying to pick that stuff up. You know, it'll just get smashed like a pancake. Find a way. You know, that, that's that's the, my motto. Find a way. Get it done. Make it happen. Make it happen. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So we'll see how that goes. But yeah. I'm not holding my breath on that one. Yeah. Somehow I have a feeling I'm going to have little baggies in my hand for <laughs> a long time. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, it is Friday, finally. Yes. <laughs> I know, it's just another day in paradise for oh, you. Oh, yes. Yes, <laughs> looking forward to another long weekend. Uh, but it is what it is. Wintertime is always like that. Yes. You know, it's funny. In my line of work, wintertime, the weekends are utterly... Ah! In the spring, it's every other day during the week. Because Not so much in, on weekends. Yeah. In the wintertime, it's pretty much just basketball, swimming, and wrestling. So, you you know, you can't have games every single night. Right. Spring, you got games. dozens of games every, <laughs> every single, single night. night. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's worse for that. But fortunately, it's not like basketball where it's, you know, an 11-and-a-half-month season. Uh, spring is like two months long, so it it's over with quickly. You know, the the dog sled people might have to go south to get the snow because I'm not a hundred percent sure that we're going to get much of anything. Don't, don't worry about it. I got it in the contract. We get paid even if there isn't snow. Okay, so right, we're good. okay. I thought ahead on that one because I just I'm just checking out the forecast and it says. A slight chance of flurries between between ten and two today. Uh, it's gonna we're gonna have a high near thirty two and northwest northeast winds five to ten miles an hour. Tonight cloudy with a low around seventeen. Saturday partly sunny, a high near twenty three, <laughs> and wind gusts up to twenty miles an hour. Yeah. Oh nice. Yeah. 
I love that. Saturday night, mostly clear, a low around 10, and on Sunday, a high near 28. So our our chance of precipitation, I think, is pretty small. Yeah. Which I, I'm, I'm thankful for that. We can't be held liable. That's an ironclad contract, so we're okay with well, that. Well, that's good. And, and I'm okay with that, too, because I have to go to Elkhart. Yeah, oh. Elkhart on Saturday. So uh, appreciate that. Could be, that. Yeah, yeah. That, that if we were getting some of that, that would have been a Ooh, scary drive. Yeah, it would yeah. have been fun. No. Nah. Um, Not at all. No. Nope. We, we are going to have Angela Rupchuk Schaefer with us. Uh, on the show in the second half, um, we're going to be talking about uh, the point in time count or pit count is what it is. And it is to count sheltered and unsheltered homeless people one single day in January. And that day this year is going to be on Wednesday, January the 26th. And it'll be happening all across Marshall County. They're going to be trying to figure out how many people here are struggling for secure housing. I'm so. kind of curious as to why they do it that way. Just one single day. Yeah. Um, um, probably a federal government thing came up with it. It has to be some statistical <laughs> thing about it, too. There has to be a reason why they're, they're only taking that data because... You know, it has probably has something to do with the math, which means that's why I can't understand it. Um, there you go. But I, you know, and and the thing about it is, is homelessness here is different than other places. Oh yeah, it's a different kind of thing. Yeah, it definitely um, is, especially in pretty much in every cold weather place. Because I think we're pretty fortunate because I think the the largest majority of our homeless people actually have shelter some kind of shelter. from a friend a relative an organization that has stepped up but if you're living in a motel room and somebody else is basically paying your rent to make sure that you have a warm place to stay then basically you're homeless yeah and that's that's what they've got to get that count to yeah. find out and the reason is because there will be Money available. Possibilities for if, finan federal yeah. money to come back um, to the state and then d dwindle down to the counties to help those people in need. Right. So we'll, we'll get more information when Angie comes in. Um, in the meantime, I guess first and foremost, we should mention that, uh, and I did post it last evening on the website, um, this mask mandate the you know biden's thing with osha that requiring employers with the 100 and more 100 or more employees are going to have to require vaccines or the employees who are not vaccinated would have to be tested weekly um the supreme court yesterday uh, shot that mandate down yeah i didn't see any way that wasn't going to happen so i think you know a lot of people are are happy about that i thought it was interesting on the national news there actually are some companies that are still going forward with it and you know what it's it's a private company let them make yeah. that choice if they want to and that's what the supreme court basically said yeah is that he that the federal government does not have the right to force them but if they want to in their business they can that is up to them whether they want to continue with that or not so although they uh in a separate decision 
it allowed another rule imposed by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid requiring vaccinations of all the staff. Um, basically, the, those places that receive Medicare or Medicaid, pro, their providers. So I'm not sure just because you're getting, you know, you get income from Medicare or Medicaid. Um yeah, I'm and, not sure. You know, and unfortunately, we can't think that the medical field is already smart enough and they've all been vaccinated because that hasn't happened. No. If you work in the medical field, there are questions there, too. So, yeah. But at least this one, this decision that came down yesterday personally affects Marshall County government. Right. That, they, that had come up and there was a discussion about it, so... Um, you know, they're not going to have to worry about coming up with some kind of solution of how we're going to handle this. And, and I think we've all seen the shortage of test kits. And uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. just test kits to go for you or I to go into the drugstore or the grocery store and buy a test kit, but test kits that are given to agencies to provide that service. Um, they're, they're running low too. So Gosh, you start mandating that somebody's going to be, have to be tested every week. And then the question comes, well, can they test at home with a private kit that they have? Or do they have to test in person? We'll just say if it had gone through, are you going to have to go up to the county HR director every week and have a test done there? I don't know. Um, but I'm glad I'm glad they've left it up to business to make that decision for themselves. Man, I, I didn't see any way it wasn't going to happen that way. Uh, given the makeup of the court right now and uh, just that it it makes sense to say, look, you know, you it's your business. You decide. Um, yeah. And I I don't know. I, I it, We live in ridiculous times. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I. I'm just not going to say anything. It just is what it is. Okay. And and like I said, when, when I knew they were taking this in, I figured that it was just a matter of time before this came down. And I, it, it makes logical sense. Let let the business decide what they want to do. And I I just – and, and it, the, the biggest problem I had with the mandate was the fact of, of who pays for the test. Right. Because those aren't cheap. Exactly. In fact, they, I saw a thing yesterday where the test used to be – about seven dollars. Oh yeah. And now they say basically they've doubled to about fifteen dollars. Uh, and online, <laughs> that same test is like eighty dollars if you want to order it from, you know, some online uh, place. The ones so, I got were about double the fifteen. I mean, they're right in that thirty thirty-five range. Now, and you granted, get you get tests, two of them. That's still that. That's fifteen dollars yeah. a test. And if you've got to foot that just to go to work, that can be. Especially, I don't know how many times they were making them test. It wasn't every day, was I think, it? No, weekly. Weekly. I think your insurance, I believe starting this Saturday, your insurance is supposed to cover for eight tests a month, I think is what it okay. was. Well, well, I, I don't know how that's going to work. I mean, are you going to buy it? No, send the receipt in and get money back. I don't know how it's going to work. And see, right now, this kind of throws it back. I mean, before... You could say, as your employee, you have to do this. You have to shoulder the cost if you want to keep coming to work because the federal government says that. Well, now it seems to me 
that as a private em- business, em- I'm telling you. Employees have a leg to stand on saying, you pay for it. Then. I'll test. You you provide me the test and yeah. I'll test. And can you imagine that if you've got more than 100 employees oh. and a significant number of them are not vaccinated and you've got to provide test those tests? Every week. Yeah. yeah, that could get a little bit costly for well, it is for a private individual, but for a business with hundreds of them, mm-hmm. that is even a bit more costly. So I don't know. And I don't know how, if you're running a business with that many employees, why you why, why you would take a chance on something happening to people. You're already strapped for employees. Yeah. You're already scrambling around trying to find people to work. Now you're going to send them to the hospital? Uh, you know, that's. I think that's the one thing that so many businesses were concerned about. If this mandate had come down, that they would have employees quit. Yeah, they wouldn't work there. And and how are, we're having enough trouble keeping. Yeah. you know, employees everywhere in every field. You know what would happen then? So it'll be interesting to see how that play continues to play out. But at this point. It definitely makes things easier. I, I'm sure the city of Plymouth probably has 100 over 100 employees, too, but they haven't talked about it. But the county commissioners have talked about it and have met about it and, you know, kind of were throwing around some ideas of how they were going to address it. Right. So. Well, they probably ought to continue because I don't think this at, is over at least until at some point. Yeah. disappears. And, there was some decent news on that, too, and they're doing studies now figuring out that this variant is starting to subside, mm-hmm. which you got a lot of hospitals that it better subside quick or they're going to be in trouble. You know, the other thing, too, is the, the mask, you know, that now you the, the cloth mask that we've all worn yeah. or the little surgical mask that we've all had to wear at times, those really don't do a very good job that you need to have a tight-fitting mask so nothing can leak in, like, on the sides of your face around this mask. So an N95, something like that. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I wore a cloth mask almost the whole time last year. So in, I think it did a pretty good job. I'm not going to go searching desperately for a better mask if one pops up. And I'm, you know, in the store or what? Maybe I'll grab a couple just to have. But I wonder if that's well. You're, the N95s early on, you couldn't get them because those were all going to hospitals. hospitals yeah, because they needed those. Um, well, from the very beginning, the mass thing is it's better than nothing. Is what it boils exactly. Down to. I would agree with you. I mean, that's that's the way it's I've taken it from the I'm beginning. Trying, yes, yeah. and. There is no 100%. I mean, even with an N95, I'm pretty sure you can still somehow get it. Unless you're in a hazmat suit, you're pretty much always going to have a possibility. Well, I mean, you may wear the mask into the grocery store, but when you put your hand on the cart, when you pick up that can of vegetables, anything that you put in your cart is going to have a tendency, the possibility of having a germ a virus on right. on that, and then you accidentally rub your eye. Oh, what's in my eye? Yeah. You know, never, or you touch your face. I never realized how much I touched my face <laughs> until everybody started, don't do it. And I'm like, eh, you know what? I may as well I may as well try to change the color of the sky. I'm not going to stop touching my face. I'll just bathe in hand sanitizer. Um, 
but I uh, I wonder what how mine works because I always wear those gaiters because those are most places to... I see they those are not considered a, a legal mask. A lot of places that I've seen where they've restricted people from wearing those. Really? Yeah. Which to me it it's tighter because it's standing yeah. up there with basically just yeah. the tension of this and it and it covers like all the way down to your chest right. so I, I i would I've think just, it would be good i've just found those more comfortable to wear for extended periods of time i don't know if it has anything to do maybe they're more breathable or or yeah, that's possible. you know maybe dro- you know more things porous. can get yes yeah. get in through them i don't know i don't either but that's what i've always worn just like I said, because it's more comfortable to wear for a long yeah. period of time. The other thing was I could just leave it around my neck. I always have it with me. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can't tell. You want to know something funny? Yes. Since, uh, since I stopped forgetting my mask, <laughs> I've lost like 2,000 steps a day because <laughs> I would get out of the car, get all the way up to the door and turn around and come back. And have to and, go back yeah, and do it again yeah, now. every time. Now I'm not doing that anymore, and it's like, Man, I'm not getting nearly as much exercise. <laughs> yeah. Blame it on the mask. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. Blame it on COVID. Yep, it's COVID. <laughs> there you go. COVID did it. It's making me fat. I, I do want to talk a, a couple of news stories. Um, from the county council meeting on Monday, Sheriff Mass Hassel appeared to apply for a grant from the Indiana Department of Homeland Security. Um, the grant is only to purchase body worn cameras. And the sheriff says, while our road patrol officers do not use body-worn cameras, they actually have, you know, uh, dash cameras on their vehicles. Um, They do use body-worn cameras in the jail. And so he would like to replace those current ones. They are in need of upgrades. So um, Hassel said he was going to seek a $4,000 grant from the Department of Indiana Homeland Security it is a 50-50 match, so he's going to have to put in another $4,000. That will buy him 10 cameras because the cameras are about $800 each, which seems kind of expensive to me, but that's okay. I'm curious. Once again, it's the backstory that I'm after. Um, wonder why they don't have uh, officers out in the field where them. And it's just in, now I understand why they've got them on in the jail. That makes complete oh, yes. sense. I'm just wondering why well, they don't too. have them out there. I would. I and think I, it's a good thing. I, yeah, I do too. And I, the thing about it is, they do have the dash cam, which but, that's fine. Yeah, but, but when they go in, or, like if I'm yeah. pulled you over, and so I'm behind right. you and you're up yeah. there, I I don't know that I can hear the conversation that you are having with right. that person. You don't know, uh, you know, I don't want to say, but you don't know who's being argumentative. Right. Um, and, and, I mean, yeah, you may at some point, you know, see the car take off or, you know, right. somebody pull a gun or I don't know what. But I don't. I would feel if the body camera would be here, you'd hear the voice and it would be right here in the situation. You'd give more safety. Yeah, you'd almost. For misunderstandings I mean, you'd be, be or able whatever. to see exactly what yeah. the deputy is seeing or exactly. whatever. Exactly. And I was thinking more of a case where you're not in your car. You're you oh, you run into, into a, a building into a for building a situation, for some reason yeah, or whatever. And, you know, you're not. And you know, I. I'm guessing maybe at eight hundred dollars a piece. That might um, be a little bit pricey. I don't know how many deputies we have. 
20 deputies, maybe? Yeah. I mean, you're you're yeah. talking big bucks. And I don't think we could just get a, you know, we only have three or four deputies on a shift typically. So let's just say we have four cameras and every every shift you come in, you put somebody else's camera, you know, you share them. I don't, the cameras uh, don't aren't probably that, made for no. that much use either. Um, yeah, I, it just seems to me that, that I would like to have one so that there is... You know to protect saying? yourself. Yeah, there's no way yeah. that a misunderstanding can happen about what really happened because it's right there on the mm-hmm. camera. And, you know, you you can say, I didn't do anything wrong as much as you want unless when it becomes he said, she said. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's tough. But, yeah, I, I imagine it has something to do with being a little bit pricey to have that many. <laughs> <laughs> Councilman Heath Thornton did ask, uh, you know, the sheriff where he's going to get his funds from for the local match, and he said that he plans to use jail supplies, that line item in his budget, specifically because those cameras are specifically for use in the jail. Um, he said if he needs more money, he'll go to the commissary fund and noted that he was requesting in his commissary budget for this year $25,000 for equipment. So that he get he'd have money available there, um, and you know Jesse Bohannon made the motion and John Van Vactor seconded and it was unanimously approved by the county council. Not one person asked if there were any strings attached to that grant. Huh. Which hmm. kind of surprised me. Well, you know. I don't know. This doesn't seem. Seems like we're missing out somewhere. Yeah, we are. But. On Wednesday, about 5 o'clock in the evening, the Marshall County Sheriff's Department got a 911 call that came from the 16,000 block of Elm Road. Dispatchers could hear a female crying in the background. So county officers uh, were dispatched, and actually the bourbon officer uh, also responded to the residents, and he got there first and located the female um, and took a statement from her. During the statement, she said she'd been arguing with 20, or 32-year-old Seth Wright of Bourbon during that altercation. She was kicked in the face. Um, and then while she was trying to call 911, Seth began wrestling with her, attempting to prevent her from making that phone call. With the assistance of the Marshall County Dispatch Center, he was quickly located in a nearby residence and placed into custody transported to the Marsh County Jail and booked in for domestic battery with interference and interference of reporting a crime. He was held on a $500 cash bond for that incident. It was also found that he had four outstanding warrants through Marshall County for failure to appear. So he's being held with no bond for those four failure to appears. Wanting backstory on that one, too. <laughs> it makes you wonder. Yeah, what were those four for? Now you know why he didn't want... <laughs> to call the police well, because yeah, he had warrants. Sure, I, I would imagine. Plymouth Police, this happened Thursday morning about 1.45 in the morning. Plymouth Police were dispatched to 1205 North Michigan Street for a vehicle that had collided with a tree. This was an accident. I, do you remember your address on North Michigan? Uh, seven something. Oh, so it was way up north. Yeah. Okay. Um, they got on scene and determined there were three occupants in the vehicle, 32-year-old 30 year Dustin Bradfield of Plymouth and two juveniles. 
during the investigation that it was determined that Mr. Bradfield was impaired. He was taken out to the Marsha County Jail and booked in for operating while intoxicated on a controlled substance and endangerment, possession of marijuana, and neglect of a dependent. So those minors may have been related to him. Who knows? Um, he was held on a $1,500 $1, cash bond, and he goes to his initial hearing in Marshall Superior Court Number 2 on February 8th. Yeah, I guess we don't know how minor they were. Yeah. it. Hmm. Uh, you know, yeah. anything under 18, but yeah, I don't know that... It, yeah, you just don't know in this day. Would an eighteen, would seventeen-year-old be hanging out with a thirty-two-year-old man? I'm not sure. That's not well, a relative of theirs. There's refreshments involved. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Uh, Greg Hildebrand and Adam Theta uh, appeared before the county council this week with a request to apply for a grant from the Marsh County Community Foundation. Um, they would actually like to hire a professional company to come in and create a natural features inventory for the 30-acre mill pond site and the 80-acre memorial forest that they are taking care of. Um, and this is kind of in Adam's field of expertise right. that yeah. he went to school for. And and really, you know, they're, they're looking for information on the types of plants that are there, the types of soil that is there, water features that are there um, because they want to as they develop these parks they want to make sure they're developing them as a safe way that they will you know continue to last forever and now doing this study means that a company would come in several times during the year because they've got to come in in each growing season so in the spring season in the summer and in the fall season to find out what's really growing and happening there and it would take about a year before the report would be completed and, and ready for them um they did mention that they're going to have um, other like more like volunteers i believe go in and like kind of look at the birds and squirrels and snakes and those kind of things right, yeah. instead. But so it's more like the natural features that are there. Um, the com problem is the community foundation grant is due February 1st. So, so mm -hmm. they're running out of time. Um, Adam did not have a quote yet from a company. He did solicit a couple of quotes that he was supposed to get, I believe maybe today is the deadline for those quotes to come in. In talking to the companies, he anticipated $25,000 would be enough to, to do that. Um, and so they have applied for, or, or want to apply for this community foundation grant. The grant does require a 10% match and the park board does have money available in their budget for that match for that. Um, so we'll see where things go. Um, hopefully, you know, now, now it's really just waiting on the community foundation to, you know, do the grant decide, process yeah. and then, yeah, decide if it's worthy or, you know, and a lot of times they'll give you half or a portion of the funds that you've requested, but maybe not all the funds that you need. So we'll see what happens yep. as life goes on. This week, Monday evening, the Plymouth Common Council considered a resolution that would amend the list of projects in the TIF District Number 3, which is out on U.S. 30 and Pine Road. Um, 
and that's the tax incremental financing district where they gather the taxes and then that money is held to do infrastructure projects. And so City Attorney Sean Cerisi said that uh, the Redevelopment Commission had made the decision that they wanted to add the solar project at the or the soil no at the wastewater plant in on this list of projects to do and since that is I mean this the wastewater plant would have an effect an impact on those people there typically it happens in the district the the infrastructure is but this is much more far-reaching um, yeah. but it is still okay to do this is a 1.6 million dollar solar field that has been proposed it would be t immediately to the east of the sewer treatment plant mm -hmm. out there uh, in a field that they own. And so the Redevelopment Commission felt that this was a worthy project. Um, then it went to the Plymouth Plan Commission because they had to review the project to make sure it fit in to the comprehensive plan, which it did. Then once the the plan commission approves it, then it goes to the city council for their stamp of approval that the plan commission was correct and it does fit then it goes back to the redevelopment commission where they will hold a public hearing on it yeah and then it will be added to the list of projects um councilman jeff huyan did ask about funding the 1.6 million dollar project and the city attorney said the preliminary discussions are that one-third would be paid by the wastewater utility yeah one-third would be paid using the American Recovery Plan funds that they have, and one-third would be used uh, for th from the Redevelopment Commission. Sure. So we'll see where things go. Um, I, th I think, you know, I, th I think it's a good project. Sure. And obviously it is going to provide tons of electricity for that plant out there right. to operate and it's going to save them money in turn that is going to save taxpayers or users money because they're not having to spend so much right. and therefore they won't have to do a rate increase as quickly or maybe not as big as a rate increase right. as they had anticipated so it's moving forward i believe the redevelopment commission meets next week and um, they'll look at it and hold that public hearing and then it, that project will be added onto the list. And then finally, uh, City Attorney Sean Cerisi gave an update on the stellar projects that the city has going on. Um, that Monday evening, which we already mentioned, the Park Board opened bids for River Park Square Phase 2 and the bids did come in higher than anticipated so the Park Board and the Redevelopment Commission are going to have to kind of work together to figure out if they want to amend some of the features uh, or if they want to try and come up with more local funding um, yeah. for that project. But we'll see what happens there. Um, the Greenway Trail Phase 3, currently the local scoring for an engineer firm is underway. Uh, they had requests for proposals. Engineering firms presented them. They are reviewed by several members of I don't know who's on this committee, but it'll be um, probably somebody from redevelopment, maybe somebody from the park, maybe somebody from the mayor's office. They'll score them, then that goes to NDOT uh, for the selection process. So it's moving forward. Um, another one of the projects that they are uh, working on 
is the South Gateway, the Michigan Street Viaduct project. Uh, they're working on the application for that right now. That will be an in-dot project. Um, and the second in-dot project is going to be the Harrison Street Trail project, which will basically connect Packard Woods, or out where Freedom Park is, down Harrison Street to the Magnetic Park and the Conservation Clubhouse. Yeah. So they picked this project actually is replacing the pocket park at the corner of Michigan and Jefferson Street sure. where the old subway building was because that was a historic building that I know I won't say it it's a contributing factor to the historic district of North Michigan Street and so that's why Indot said mm, you can't use that right you yeah. can't you we can't do that project because of the historic thing there right. so they're working to get that taken care of um, and then that building will eventually come down and then the city will try a different grant uh, for that project but sure. so this trail uh, that they are proposing is basically going to be a much improved sidewalk project on the south side of Harrison Street now a trail is typically eight to ten feet wide they are proposing this one to be six to eight feet wide except in a few places where there are obstacles and then they'll have to uh, adjust it but they're making it wide enough so that walkers and joggers and kids on bikes and families with younger children can all use that safely, basically at the same time. Right. Um, it was also noted back when they were reviewing this proposal that crossing Michigan Street is going to be another issue at Michigan at Harrison. Yeah, it is. That um, they're going to have to work with INDOT because that's a state road sure. of figuring out how to make a safe cross <coughs> way there for yeah. folks so we'll see what happens it's anticipated that construction on that trail will begin in 2025 maybe they'll make a j-turn there <laughs> maybe they'll put a stoplight there <laughs> oh that would be good wouldn't that be good oh that would be that wouldn't make people angry at all oh no not at all not even a little bit no you're you're so right Okay, well, why don't we take our first break of the morning? Okay, we can do that. You have a prize maybe that you'd like to give away to? I'll bet. I'll bet, I'll bet it's it Pizza is. Bills today. Yeah, it is. That's what it is, but I had to lean back and get it. Yes, Pizza Bills. Uh, $15 uh, gift certificate. They had some of their candy on this week on social media. Oh. So you can get that with that. They have Buckeyes in there. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they do. So. You can get candy, you can get pizza, you can get whatever thou wishest, uh, 15 bucks worth. You're going to give that to caller number five. Number five at 936-4096. 936-4096, caller five. Getting some pizza bills. Start dialing. This is State House Review. I'm Eric Berman. Governor Holcomb boasts Indiana has kept its economy in robust shape despite the pandemic. In his State of the State address, Holcomb thanked legislators for going big and bold on economic development in last year's budget. And he thanked health care workers he says are exhausted after two years of fighting COVID-19. People getting vaccinated and boosted overwhelmingly stay out of the hospital, stay out of the ICU, and they don't die. If you haven't been vaccinated, I plead, I I beg of you 
to speak to your doctor and do so. The House will vote next week on a bill giving workers broad ability to stay unvaccinated, even if their employer requires it. Last week, a Senate bill pushing back on critical race theory made national news when Noblesville Republican Scott Baldwin declared teachers discussing Nazism are going too far if they take a stand against it. The House Education Committee has done some cleanup duty with its own version of the bill. Author Tony J. Cook says teachers can and should say Nazism is bad. He's added language to the bill. Teachers must emphasize ideals and values of the U.S. Constitution and those things that we cherish and stand for in contrast to something that is not good and nefarious. Education groups argue the bill is still too broad. Superintendents say it invites long court fights over claims a teacher made a student feel discomfort over his race. For a second straight year, the House has voted to get rid of gun permits in Indiana. Auburn Republican Ben Smaltz says permits are a bureaucratic hurdle for law-abiding citizens and have no effect on those who aren't. Criminals are going to carry where they please. It's what criminals do. It's their very definition. They break the law. Nowhere in any of the states that have passed this has it devolved into the Wild West. The bill didn't get a vote in the Senate last year. The Senate won't decide until next month whether to consider it this time. With Statehouse Review, I'm Eric Berman, Network Indiana. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. Want to know what's going on in Marshall County? Just reach for the Pilot News. Local government, people, and places. Since 1851, the Pilot News has been Marshall County's only daily local newspaper. So when you want to know what's happening around town, pick up the Pilot News. Call 936-3101 today and have everything in Marshall County delivered to your doorstep. The Pilot News. At Co-Alliance Propane, we treat our customers like neighbors because it's exactly what we are. Co-Alliance isn't some company across the country. We're across the county. We work, play, and live right here in Marshall County with programs like Summer Fill, Budget, and Fixed Price. You can choose the program that works best for you. Visit co-alliancepropane.com for more details, including 50 free gallon offers for new and existing customers. Co-Alliance Propane, seriously local. We're planning a trip to Spain later this year. But our Spanish is... It's pretty bad. So we're using Babbel. Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. There's no easier way to learn another language. Ahora hablamos español. He just said, now we speak Spanish. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. 
downstairs. Gotta have my bowl, gotta have cereal. Seeing everything, the time is going. Ticking on and on, everybody's rushing. Gotta get down to the bus stop. Gotta catch my bus. Tune to FM 106.1 and AM 1050 WTCA in Plymouth, Indiana. And what's your opinion? Phone lines are open at 574-936-4096. So call now and join the fun. Now here's Kathy and Rusty. Kathy's favorite song there. It's Friday. I love Fridays. Yeah, we were kind of headbanging in here to that. That's that's straight metal. You were too. I that's mean, heavy yeah. metal. Like you were enjoying oh, Friday yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was kicking some rear in the pit in here. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a pizza. Our pizza oh yes, we have winner. a winner. Uh, Judy. How Yay, right. Judy! Woo-hoo. Eating some pizza bills. So fantastic. Uh, thank you for playing our game. Okay, I did send you a text message too. Yeah, I replied it. Okay. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't even paying attention. It was in that break. Well, I thought it seemed like a long <laughs> break, but I wasn't. When I put the, my headphones back on, I didn't hear it. So yeah, I was, well. Okay, yeah. good deal. Thank okay. you. You're welcome. <laughs> I usually sent it to you last night, and I just well saw it on my computer this morning. Like, And you know what's funny is that when I got that email that you sent me this morning, I was about to come in the office and say, hey, I didn't get. <laughs> so uh, you were one step ahead of me this morning. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> I like being one head step ahead. <laughs> Okay, so we do have a guest in the studio with us this morning. Angela Rupchuk Schaefer is with us from uh, United Way and the Marshall County Community Foundation. Good Hello, morning, friends. Angie. Good morning, good morning. Uh, we are here. We're going to talk about the pit count or point in time count. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rusty and I were talking earlier on the show. It's like, this is sure a strange time to <laughs> go count people to see how many homeless people there are or people are in fear of being homeless mm-hmm. um and the, you know the weather is not very conducive to um, getting out i mean obviously hopefully we won't but we could have a snowstorm or an ice mm-hmm. storm and a, a lot of people don't want to go out when it's cold so it's mm-hmm. like but this is a nationwide event is it not it is it is okay so uh the date it's always in january towards the end of january each year and um the the government decides the date and I have also wondered quite a bit why it's in January of all months. Um, and, and the response that I've been told uh, is that the point in time account is held in January because, you know, in most of the country, that's typically as cold as it's going to get. So if someone is struggling with housing insecurity, is facing homelessness, is facing eviction, that is when they are at the most crisis Um, because if there's any point when you don't want to be out on the street, it's when it's the coldest (laughs) out. Definitely. When Um, it's winter time. When it's winter. Exactly. And, and you're exactly right. Three or four years ago when we did the pit count in Marshall County, remember the ice storm? It was, (laughs) it was a havoc. It was, it was complete, complete bedlam. So, I mean, sometimes the the weather does make it very difficult to hold the point in time count. So fingers crossed. Yes. Um, that Wednesday, January 26th will be relatively okay. Uh, snowy weather in January and we'll be able to have a a productive pit count. So, you know, there are going to be, an, I think, a number of people that say, we don't have homeless people in Marshall County. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not 
just looking for the people who are living under a bridge or in a van Mm -hmm, or whatever, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but you're looking at people who are maybe staying at a friend's house because they can't afford their own house. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And that could be not just a single individual, but a whole family staying with friends. Or, Or I would assume that we should even count the people that live in in the hotels out on the north end of town most certainly we do we do each year so what we do with the marshall county point in time count is we have two forms two surveys it's a simple process it takes less than 10 minutes to, to to participate in it um but the first form is the one from from the government um and it's you know are you on the street full stop we usually don't get very many responses to that we mm-hmm. maybe seven eight nine individuals each year we have a second form that we have crafted here within Marshall County. Okay. Um, wrote it myself uh, with with partners and other partner organizations, um, where we're asking the questions that you just mentioned. Are there multiple families in a single household? Are there children whose parents kicked them out and now they're couch surfing on their sure. best friend's couch? Um, is there someone who has been living in their van um, because they just cannot afford rent or their mortgage? They got kicked out. And like you said, we, we are very intentional to count individuals in the hotels um, because when it comes to what homelessness looks like in Marshall County, I think we can all agree um, that that is when someone is at a crisis, you know, if, if they are in that space and, and we need to, um, do the point in time count. So we have these data sets when we go looking for grants so that we have the data so we can uh-huh. really craft programming and responses that really fit the needs within Marshall County, um, and proceed from there. Well, I, I think, especially in the motel situation where, where you may have a mom and three kids living mm-hmm. in a motel room, you know, it's fine to go on vacation and do that for a week. Yes. It's kind of like, oh, you know, we're going to be together. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. But to think that you're living there month after month, mm-hmm. um, you don't have a kitchen. No, there's no stove. Um, you know, they bring in microwaves and hot plates and those kind of things. But mm-hmm. Air fryers, I'm sure now, yeah. are another one of them. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, you don't even really have a proper sink to wash the dishes in no um you know so living in a one room basic situation is not conducive to raising a family well so and those people they paid i mean they paid decent amount of money to be in there Mm -hmm. that you know someone say well why don't they just get a house well when you get a house you got to have rent or you're you're renting so you got to have a down payment. Mm-hmm. Oh, now you got to turn the water on. You got to have a deposit. Now you got to get the electricity turned on. Now you got to have a deposit. Mm-hmm. And it's being able to come up with that big yes. chunk of money mm-hmm. to get it started. So that's why we have so many individuals and families living in the motels on the north end of town. Yes, yes. Um, it's it's having to have that savings built up for those down deposits to turn on the electrical, to turn on the heat. Um, and if you're living paycheck to paycheck, you don't, you, there's no you, way. You have no chance to build that up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, we, we are very intentional in trying to, when we do the pit count, you know, really gauge what the needs are in Marshall County, again, so that we can then craft programming, apply for the grants, and then have the data to build off of it um, so that we we can meet the needs as they are appearing to the best of our ability. Now, you you talked about uh, 
the survey. Mm -hmm. um, I know you are looking for some people to maybe help out. Yes. On the pit count mm -hmm. um, on the 26th of April. Oh, so January. Of January, April. We wish it was April. I wish it was April. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a couple of things. That person yes. needs to be somehow trained. Mm -hmm. And then I also don't let me forget because I want to mm -hmm. ask the people who are filling out the forms, I think they want to make sure that there is – I don't know, anonymity or something yes. that they... It's that completely confidential. Somebody's not mm -hmm. going to come back and say, oh, they're living in there. We've got to take their children away from them or yes. something like oh, that. Oh, goodness, no. Yes. Mm -hmm. So let's... I don't know which one you want to... Yeah. Let's well, I'll just go in order that you asked. Okay. Um, so, yes, we're definitely looking for volunteers. Um, the point-in-time count this year will take place at Bread of Life Food Pantry and the Marshall County Neighborhood Center during their food pantry hours. And then at the Plymouth Goodwill location um, uh, during the middle of the day. So in order to do this, we need volunteers to help uh, go through the survey questions, the pit count survey questions. Um, in order to be trained, it's a very simple um, PowerPoint presentation that I'll send to you. Okay. Um, you will crank that out in probably half an hour, 45 minutes. And what it boils down to essentially is if someone is sharing with you very deeply personal information. I mean, this is as personal as it gets. Um, the volunteers are, are essentially agreeing that this information is confidential. Mm -hmm. This will not leave the room where it's being discussed. And when I have the data sets moving forward, as you well know, I divorce all biographical information from mm -hmm. them. So when I report back to you and back to Marshall County Media what our pit count says um there is nothing included that somebody could trace back oh well this must be sarah from mm -hmm. bourbon you know or, or whatever um so the volunteers learn and um you know just essentially it, it reinforces the fact that this is deeply personal information and that it is confidential and will not be shared with anyone so you get these forms mm -hmm. can you give me a, an idea of what the numbers have looked like in the past because you've been doing we've been doing this maybe yeah. four or five years now well i've been with the community foundation it'll be six years in april and i started it my first year oh my goodness so it'll okay. be five all right i need an anniversary gift kathy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. something man um i'm sorry i was being a dork what did you ask how, <laughs> sorry. how have our numbers um, oh yes 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 yes, uh, yes, yes. four people so they're, they're relatively stable. Um, the reason why we have the pit count at Bread of Life Food Pantry in the Marshall County Neighborhood Center is when we first started doing the pit count in Marshall County, we had it all across Marshall County. Right. It in was in every community. Every community. Mm -hmm. We're very intentional about that. We didn't have people showing up uh, year after year after year. After four years, I finally threw in the towel. I'm like, okay. What we did was we had people coming to Bread of Life Food Pantry and the Neighborhood Center for the pit count. Um, and then we were we have been intentional about uh, reaching out to the hotel uh, population. So the numbers have been relatively stable throughout the five years. Um, last year we had a blip, um, I think obviously because of COVID, yeah. um, things things were higher. Um, the year we had the ice storm, numbers were very low because <laughs> nobody could come. Right, but other than that, the numbers have been relatively stable, which tells me that <sighs> there's a lot of work to be done honestly and a lot of the issues that are causing housing insecurity and homelessness in marshall county are systemic so you know as we craft the program to try to address these issues you know we we're, we're being as creative as we can be um with the resources that we have um but uh 
but yeah, the numbers are, are, are pretty stable year through year. And so are we talking three to six people or are we talking 36 mm. people? Oh, I get it. You want um, the numbers, numbers. Um, so because when you when when I think the motels out north, mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we're probably talking a few hundred people. Yes, yes. It's very difficult to get people to participate in the point in time count, which is why I'm going to be here again next week talking about it. Um, again, because we're asking someone to, to share very personal information. Um, so usually year to year we get maybe, I don't know, 50 so individuals throughout Marshall County of which if we go by the federal government's very narrow definition of homelessness, perhaps three to four. Um, And that would be those like living under a bridge or in their car, that kind of situation. Exactly. And so what, what we do with the point in time count data is we then try to guess what those numbers tell us about the fuller picture because again we don't have everyone participate mm-hmm. because it, it, it's it's a random day in january let's be perfectly honest right <laughs> um so it, it gives us the data sets and the point in time count numbers if we did not do the point in time count officially marshall county would have no homelessness or housing insecurity whatsoever mm-hmm. um, which we know is not true we know that um so Simply participating in the point in time count and turning in the data sets gets us on the map at the state and at the federal level for those grant opportunities. So even when we have an ice storm and not very many people show up, the very fact that we're doing the point in time count is incredibly valuable for Marshall County because it it helps us have access to funding opportunities to support programming that can help the vulnerable households that are facing housing insecurity. Wow. Okay. So, you know, I'm sure you know what's on this survey. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Give us a little idea of, I mean, does it ask my name and my social security number? It asks, it asks for your name. Um, it asks, you know, were, it asks within the last calendar year, have you not been able to dot, dot, dot? You know, have you not been able to pay the rent? Have you not been able to uh, afford your mortgage? Have you had to ask for assistance from a church or a charity to help pay your rent or your mortgage? Um, it asks, have you felt unsafe in your home? Um, unsafe could mean many things. Um, physical violence could also mean you can't afford heat or electric. Mm-hmm. Um, it could also mean there's so many individuals in the home that it's 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 not safe living conditions as in like health and sanitation mm-hmm. things like that. Um, so it, it really uh, it's the nuts and bolts types of questions. And again, I want to assure the listeners that the biographical information that we take within the survey, that information is completely separated from the numbers that I report back and that I send to the state. Um, completely separated, even within my own. Um, uh, files within the, the um, why am I drawing a blank? On my computer, <laughs> on my laptop um, for, for work. Um, I have the one uh, set of information that I send to the state that has the information. And again, they, they do with it, you know, they keep it. But then the stuff that stays within Marshall is is just the, bi- the, the information that tells the story, but divorced from the individual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just says what people are, experiencing, experiencing yes. here in our county exactly exactly so, so you would hope I, I mean obviously you would hope that we'll have at least 50 individuals or families show up mm-hmm. to fill out this paperwork mm-hmm. and then can you explain p- 
uh, maybe a type of grant or something that would this information would be beneficial mm. for Marshall County to be able to get additional funding for certainly, something. Certainly, certainly. So yes, um, we are intentional when we design the point in time count after years of doing this. The point in time count is occurring during food pantry hours for Bread of Life and at the Neighborhood Center. And again, and this year, brand new at Goodwill. So the thought is a family or a household or individual could be using and accessing the food pantry. And then we can take them to a separate private room for 10 minutes and do the point in time count. And they can be in and out. Um, and at Goodwill, are you shopping? And are you interested and able to do the point in time count? We would be very grateful for you to do so. Again, it'll be in a separate space with a trained volunteer, get you in and out, and we'd be very grateful. Um, cool thing this year, I've been working with the state, and um, we'll have hygiene kits um, that we'll be able to hand out as, as a simple thank you. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. I was yep. just wondering, you almost need like an incentive. Kind of, to, yeah. You know, that's nice. Now, if we could just get like, you know somebody to incentivize some food or something to go with that too well they'll be at the food pantries well that's so true. they'll have They're that getting some food they'll, there. they'll have that and so. a cool new thing this year I've, I've been working my tail off kathy i've been working and i got some cool backpacks this year oh. um with some hygiene materials um and like school supplies i have a limited number thanks to a very generous donor but i'm going to uh, have a couple of each at bread of life food pantry the neighborhood center and at oh, goodwill okay. for households that have kids again as as a thank you and it's only as while supplies last but um again just trying to understand and empathize with how brave someone will be Mm -hmm. taking this survey and as a small token of thanks be like hey we really appreciate your time um and it will help us um help others which is honestly the reason why we do what we do and and so the volunteering um aspect of it is this short easy training yep and then okay let's talk about these hours so mm-hmm. you know the bread of life one to three that's not bad somebody easy could peasy. sit there for a couple of hours um the neighborhood center has two different shifts mm-hmm. uh 10 until noon and five until seven mm-hmm. you don't have to get you don't have to be there for both of them if we mm-hmm. can get enough volunteers we only need you know somebody for each one of those shifts or whatever exactly um but at the goodwill that's a long shift that is from nine until nine in the morning until seven at night it's a healthy chunk that you're going to be looking for multiple volunteers to step up Mm -hmm. and and because you could actually have two volunteers doing an interview at the same time Mm -hmm. too so and you'll get to hang out with me oh you're gonna be which is like the best part (laughs) ever um you know i'll probably just be hopping through and hopping around and making sure you know we have the hygiene kits where the most people are same Uh with the backpacks things like that so i'll be there as a resource and an assistance um but yeah i mean very grateful you'll enter a a very um loving cohort of folks that are you know, just volunteering a couple hours of their day to really try to make a difference in Marshall County. And um, I don't know. I think that's very special. So, so will, will this volunteer actually, we'll just say they're at one of the food pantries. Mm-hmm. Will they walk up and say, hi, I'm so-and-so from the pit count, and I'm wondering if I could talk to you mm-hmm. or interest you in filling out a survey or 
is there a, just a sign there that says, if you're homelessness, come into this room? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, how, how yeah. do you handle that? We, we've kind of handled it different ways over the years. The, the way that usually typically works the most is, you know, as someone is going through the food pantry towards the end, but at the beginning and at the end, we'll simply say, you know, if you have 10 extra minutes, we're doing the point in time count. Um, if, if you would want to do it before you go through the food pantry or after, we'd be very grateful we have a hygiene kit to say thank you, um, and and everything's confidential. You know, we try to have those side conversations okay. before or after, um, and then it's in a separate room, closed door, um, again for for sec- not security, but I mean confidentiality for mm-hmm. privacy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they can be on their way. So we we try to to make it as. Um, low barrier of entry for folks as possible and as easy as we can for our volunteers um which is you know again why we we have it during the food pantry hours years of doing this we've learned that that is the right moment in time you know because someone is already there a lot of times those individuals are are facing the types of hurdles that we need to learn about and Mm -hmm. we need to know about for the point in time count um, and we've already got them there at some amazing food pantries in Marshall County. So let's be as efficient and effective as possible. Because at the end of the day, <laughs> you know, that that's kind of what you want to do. So this is for somebody who maybe, maybe is renting right now, has mm-hmm. a place to rent, but every month they're late on their rent. Yes. And they're getting behind on their mm-hmm. rent. And yes. that, you know... They're afraid the landlord's finally going to come and say, mm-hmm. look, you got to go. Yes. So it could be that person who actually does have someplace warm to stay right now, but they know that it's not going to last. Paycheck to paycheck, and the paychecks are smaller, or the medical bills are higher. Mm. You know, whatever whatever particular um, burden or trauma or – I don't even know what word to use, but uh, so many people face so many struggles – and a lot of us don't talk about them because in, in society, you know, we, we just want the happy Facebook picture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the point in time count is really trying to get down to the stories of what people are actually facing day to day, what their struggles are. And again, that helps us access the funding and build the programming to hopefully address those needs. So if you have somebody who's been sleeping on your couch or mm-hmm. in your basement, um, I know at one point I uh, I had a family member who actually had some friends. It was in the summertime, thank goodness. They were living in a tent in the in the house. The and those are the exact people. Mm-hmm. The exact that that family mm-hmm. desperately want them to show up. Um, as a story, Kathy. So my sons and I volunteer weekly at Bread of Life Food Pantry. Um, I, I just feel like it's important um, to to do so um, and and to also teach my boys sure. you know uh community engagement means being a servant um and and helping others anyways so this happened a couple weeks ago but i was helping this kid go through the food pantry my son's 16 this boy looked as old as guy maybe a year and a half older and i you know i was like how are you doing and he's like oh i'm okay ma'am like he was so polite like so polite <laughs> And I didn't push. I didn't anything. Halfway through when I was leading him through the food pantry, he's like, yeah, so I'm living in an RV on my best friend's property, but I don't know what's going to happen when it gets colder because it's not heated. And, and, and from there, 
he just spilled out his story oh. to me. And as a mother, like I could see my son in this boy, right? Yes. And his family had kicked him out for, for <sighs> stuff. Anyways, long story short, I was able to connect him with a lot of resources within Marshall County. I mean, I sent him home with practically a binder <laughs> of stuff, <laughs> well, just good. trying to like be like, okay, honey, and you call this person, this person, this person. If they don't get back to you, do this, 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 and this. Those are the individuals, the stories and the people that we, we really want to take part in the point in time count again so that um, we, we can try to access the funding and have the programming in place to, to meet those needs. I want people to realize that people who are working and have a job can, can qualify for this. Yes. That, I yes. mean, that they, they are no different than somebody who doesn't have a job mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and have income. People... You get a paycheck, but there's not enough in that paycheck mm -hmm. to cover everything that you need. So that's it, yes. it's not just people who are not working. No, yes. So so the families in the households you're describing, Kathy, are Alice families in Marshall County. Alice stands for Asset Limited Income Constrained Employed. All that boils down to is essentially you're working, you've got a job, but you're living paycheck to paycheck, and every week you are scared that you're going to run out of money or you're borrowing against your paycheck or you're asking friends and family to help you just to make ends meet mm -hmm. um, our alice families our alice households they're a huge part of the work of the of the united way of marshall county and alice households are are the individuals that the point in time count really needs to talk to um, again just so that um you know we've got hard numbers because you know I love data. Yes. You know me. You know me. I don't, I don't, I believe in doing the right thing, <laughs> but I also believe in doing the right thing to meet the needs as they exist in Marshall County. Just going to put that out there. But anywho, so we know the Alice families in Marshall County. And again, these are individuals who are working, but living paycheck to paycheck, always on the edge, always barely making ends meet. Um, it's hard to scan this quickly while I'm on the radio. Shoot. Give me a moment. <laughs> Um, oh no, I can't read quickly enough. Um, okay, so, sorry about that, everybody. Um, so, Alice households in Marshall County, 26%. Wow. So, those are working individuals living paycheck to paycheck, always on the edge. Which means, um, you know, one, one little thing, mm -hmm. uh, the furnace goes out. Yes. Uh, I get a flat tire on my car and I have to buy a new tire, can mm -hmm. put them over the edge. Yeah. Um, One x-ray for your kid who fell yeah. off his bed. Yeah. And, and you're done. You're done. Exactly. And that's in addition to 12% of households in Marshall County living in poverty. Already. 12% Already. plus that on Plus top. the 26. So what we're looking at is 38% of Marshall County either lives in poverty or is paycheck to paycheck barely making ends meet. Um, which means there's a lot of work to do, right? Mm -hmm. There's there's so much work to do, and and thankfully Marshall County is is giving and loving, and and I get to experience that every day. But we also have to be honest about the need that exists in Marshall County, um, and so yeah, thirty eight percent either is in poverty or is living paycheck to paycheck as an Alice family. It's a lot of people. It is in this county when you it think is. about that. It that, is. That, it definitely yeah. is. Mm -hmm. So, um, if I want to volunteer 
What do I do? Oh, goodness. Well, you'll become my best friend. <laughs> um, and simply email me um, at A-R-S-C-H-A-F-E-R at MarshallCountyCF.org. Or you could call the United Way of Marshall County, 936-3366. And I will send you the PowerPoint to get trained. And we'll figure out what times work best for you on Wednesday, January 26th to volunteer. I have to ask, in this day of technology and everything, Mm -hmm. is the survey on a laptop or is it on paper? (laughs) It's still old school. It's old school. Because, I mean, the thought is, honestly, it probably shouldn't be at this point. But... um, uh, some sometimes in the past we've had volunteers go door to door at the hotels, which I think I I wanted to say mm-hmm. that that might be more beneficial. Yes, to do we, that. We, we, we've done that. If, okay. if I have enough volunteers, we will definitely have um, oh. some individuals going door to door at the hotels. Okay. And again, we always work in in, in couples mm-hmm. um, for safety and, and everything else. Sure. Um, but but yes, if enough volunteers step forward, we'll 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 do that again this year. Sorry, I didn't Very mention good. that before. Well, I I didn't know. You know, that's kind of like being I don't know being aggressive, but obviously no, it's, it's, this is where the situation is yes. happening, and this mm-hmm. is. We need you to tell your story yes. so that we can get services and help maybe exactly. provide you to not be here anymore. Uh-huh. And so, totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. I, I completely spaced on that fact. Yes. If we have enough volunteers step forward, I would love to do that again this year. Um, in the past, we've also gone um, to the trailer parks um, for sure. the same same thought process. Um, again, it's just a question of how many volunteers we have and, and what our capacity is. Okay, so are, are are you looking for twenty volunteers? I'll take as many people as want to step up okay. because I mean, there's there's pockets of housing insecurity throughout Marshall County, um, and and we have plenty of places where we could go um, to, to do the pit count. Cool, wonderful. Yeah, well, that sounds pretty easy. And once again, mm-hmm. you can call the United Way office at five seven four nine three six three three six six and ask for angie mm-hmm. um or just tell them you're interested in volunteering for the pit count yep. and they will get you started on that darn straight and and the, the training is online quick and easy oh gosh it is it is essentially it boils down to be a good person and don't share private information i mean <laughs> and basically are they volunteering a couple of hours yeah it's however like long shift? um so i've been working with the volunteers who've already stepped forward um one individual is like you got me for four hours and put me wherever another lady's like i've got an hour before i have to pick my kids up from school where do you need me and then depending on on what availability they have i just i have a spreadsheet because i live and breathe by my (laughs) spreadsheets and then i just plug them in wherever well it's kind of neat um to have the new one uh i know you know the goodwill Goodwill. i'm pretty excited yeah that's really Uh kind of a nice option there too yeah a great place where a lot of people go and Mm -hmm. and can get additional services and mm-hmm. i mean and they don't just it's not goodwill it's just not clothes and household items folks. i know they they offer trainings too I so know. that people can maybe get a job get a resume and, mm-hmm. and get back on on track excited so. about the partnership I, I i reached out to plymouth goodwill and they were they were on board within a heartbeat um, and again, we like experimenting to see what works the best for the Marshall County point in time count. I think I live and breathe by the motto that there's always a better way to do something. So we wanted, we just want to see maybe Goodwill is a great place to have the point in time count this year. We'll figure it out this year. We'll check it out. We'll, we'll see. see what happens. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. good. So that's 
it's pretty good. It's pretty I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh-huh. As excited as I can be to do a big thing in January. <laughs> With all your other jo- jobs that you're taking, what? undertaking at the same time. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's like, eh, what's one more thing? I'll just Come on. throw it on top. It's okay. Yeah. I have nothing else to do today. Mm-hmm. Just... Start looking for some volunteers. Yeah. And get a survey around and all that. Oh, don't forget, I've got to put these backpacks together. The backpacks are pretty cool. I'm really excited about those this year. I, I uh, We have a large number of people who take part in the pit count who have young children. So, you know, just brainstorming after last year, what what is another way to say thanks? It was like a backpack with some stuff in it, you know, really useful stuff, too, that that somebody who's living paycheck to paycheck or, or who has limited resources could really use for their kid. And the cool thing about the backpacks is they're also age appropriate. So I have them in different age ranges, too. I tried to organize the supplies and everything for like five to seven year olds and 10 to 12 year olds uh, and stuff like good. that. So pretty excited about that part. Very nice. Wonderful. Yeah. I think you've done a good job. Aww, thank yeah. you, Kathy. Thank you, you for good. having me. Now we just need the weather to cooperate. Oh, that please. would be Rusty's base. Yes. Rusty, yeah, can Rusty's. you please make sure it's not an ice storm this year? <laughs> when did I become the god of weather? You're, I, 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 that, I that's know. what I hear on the radio uh, all the time is you. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'll see what I can do. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Wednesday, January the 26th. We yes. need decent weather. Please, with sugar on top. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, the results then of the point-in-time count will eventually come out. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. It takes a while. It takes a while to collect everything. And then I, I'm very, you know, I, I have to take out all the biographical stuff um but yes yeah uh usually takes a week or two sometimes three depending on other stuff well and and how many people show up exactly it takes a while to go through all the data so So. about you know sometime maybe the end of february we'll have some results it's what i shoot for i mean you could probably go through your emails and figure out (laughs) when it's about when i reach out i'm so sorry well i think i think it's important that we show on the other end and we need yes. volunteers to do this and we need people to participate in the point count mm-hmm. but on the other end okay what were what were the results yes how, how was it so mm-hmm. i think that's important too one cool thing that uh i experimented with last year is when i sent the information back to you and to you know marshall county media i included some quotes of of people from what they were sharing in the point in time count again completely divorced from any information mm-hmm just to give a snapshot because I think the voices are so important no one is voiceless everyone has a voice it's just do you take the time to listen to hear it to hear that voice and so I really try to lift those voices up within my reporting back and um, I I plan on doing that again this year very good sounds interesting yeah very interesting and unfortunately it's something that you know has to be done Mm -hmm. do you know I mean does do you get like to see a do you see a state report mm-hmm. ever? I do. So do all the counties participate do you think in this or I'll I'll just say Marshall County's pretty ahead of the curve when uh. it comes to a rural community participating in the point okay. in time count. Um, most of the time it's our more urban centers mm-hmm. who take part and sure. take part as aggressively as we do in Marshall. Um I don't know if it's because I'm a data nerd or what, but um uh, Marshall County is is a bit of an outlier for being a rural okay. community that that takes part and then also um, uh, you know we, we really 
we try hard to reach out into the community for sure. this. Yeah. And other uh, other rural communities. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, hard. it takes a lot of volunteers and mm-hmm. a lot of effort uh, it does. to put it on. So, mm-hmm. Well, you don't have the large population centers where you can get everybody at once. You know, so we have to do a combination of going to the individual and then having them come to us just because it's a large geographic region mm-hmm. with people spread out. You know, we have all of our tiny communities, not one large one. Um, so it, it, it is difficult for the rural communities um, and counties doing the pit count. Um, we, we get pretty creative. I have a, a group of other counties that I talk to regularly and we just kind of throw ideas around and everything. Oh, that's kind of... It, you know, don't reinvent the wheel. Oh, oh this gosh. is working for them. Let's mm-hmm. try that. Yeah, yeah, totally. So totally. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Well, Angie, I, very good information. Now, we are going to have you back again next week yes. to promote this again mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes. and get it going. And then um, we'll probably talk a little bit about uh, United Way and the Community Foundation. Mm-hmm. You actually have a couple of new staff members. I got we a press do. release the other day. We do. We have Kush Cuthbertson and Emily Maggart. And... Um, they are so Kush is our information and communication specialist, and Emily is um, uh, oh gosh, development director. Yeah. Okay. So they both work for both the organizations for both the community foundation and the United Way of Marshall County, um, and um, it's an exciting time for both organizations as we're figuring out, you know, what the new. What, what Kush and Emily are capable of. Um, it's been fun, fun for me to put some of my workload on other people. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a fan of that. Yes. <laughs> Not going to lie. Um, but they're both amazing women. Um, they both believe very strongly in, in the promise of Marshall County and in our communities. And they are doing some incredible work already right out of the gate. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, we uh, Rusty and I just did a story this morning, too, um, the county park board uh went before the county council to ask for permission to apply for a community foundation grant yes so and that deadline is coming up uh, uh february 1st february 1st yes right. i can talk about that again uh, next week too um we're starting to get grant applications in for the marshall county community foundation and the parks board is one of them so great we the community foundation um it's such a special place, and, and the grant process is really exciting because you get to see the cutting-edge stuff going down in Marshall County. And, and I, I I like it because I got my finger on the pulse of mm-hmm. all the cool things of that are happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. It's Definitely. Good. So we'll talk to you a little bit more. We'll, we'll do the pit count because mm-hmm. it's important to yes. make sure that people realize it's coming up and that they need to you know participate mm-hmm. if they if they qualify for that. And then we'll talk a little bit about Community Foundation and United Way, too. Darn straight. Sounds fantastic. Good deal. Well, I want to thank you for coming and spending time with us this Aww, morning. Thank you for welcoming We appreciate having me. you in on the show. You're always so talkative. Oh, so it's an easy, yay. It's an easy interview. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That's, Rusty's like, yeah, it's not something he says. You ask a question and say, yeah. And that's like, can you oh. expound on that a little more? <laughs> so, with you, it's like, okay. I can just rest for a minute now and she'll talk. <gasps> oh, so, yay. Well, it's I'm great glad. to have you here. We're, we're, we're glad to have you part of the Mark team. Thank you. Thank uh, you very much. Okay, Rusty, why don't we take another break? We can do that. All right. All right, stay tuned. 
Hi folks, this is Bill Thompson with the Mike Anderson Stores. As we close one year and start a new one, the entire Mike Anderson team would like to show our support and recognition to all the first responders in our area. From now until the end of January, your coffee is on us at the Lodge located in Plymouth. Just let your barista know you work for any of the area police, fire, or EMT services, and then enjoy your drink on us. And on behalf of the Mike Anderson Stores, thanks for all you do. Are you looking for a new hauler for trash removal? When you choose Apex Waste, there's no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, no taxes, and no hidden cost. What they say is what you pay. Apex Waste is not only a local, family-owned and operated company, but a company dedicated to reliable, friendly service, meeting and exceeding expectations. Call Apex Waste at 574-896-APEX. That's 574-896-2739. The Belmart BP station at the corner of Michigan and Jefferson Streets in downtown Plymouth not only provides BP fuel to keep you moving down the road, but they can also keep you moving throughout the day. Some gas can cause nasty dirt deposits to build up on critical engine parts, dragging your fuel economy down and leading to unexpected trips to the mechanic. All grades of BP gasoline have Invigorator, a cleaning agent that helps defend your engine against dirt to give you more miles to the tank, and that means more easy going for you. And how about the fuel you put in your own tank? The Belmart BP station has Gatorade Thirst Quencher, two for 350, or the new Buy a Boost. It's a Wonder Water, a plant-based energy drink, two for $4. Check out the Belmart Coffee Bar with hyper-caffeinated Jamaica me crazy blueberry muffin or decaf coffee plymouth belmart bp opens at 4 a.m for all you early birds
listener gives his view here on What's Your Opinion on WTCA in Plymouth. Call now, 574-936-4096, or tell us what you think or text, 574-307-6647. Now here's Kathy and Rusty. All right, we are back. Um, not sure what we got going here in just a moment, so we will we will uh, hang on. Where did that go? I can't find my thing. Huh. I don't know what to do. Can't find my little button. See, I have this thing with these little buttons here that uh, I can press whenever I uh, need something. Oh, there we go. There it is. <sighs> I feel good now that I I have my button. I love this song. It's one of my favorites. Uh, and it's going to come to an end. And that is that. Let me remind you that we have basketball this weekend coming up. We have a Friday night game. That is tonight. And uh, tip-offs about 7.30. Plymouth against Concord in an NLC contest. And then uh, tomorrow night, we have the Plymouth Boys again. They'll be on the road. They'll be playing at Elkhart. And uh, we'll have that one for you once again. Tip-off time just about 7.30. And uh, Plymouth playing a lot uh, a lot more like Plymouth lately. So uh, going to be kind of an exciting weekend for them to uh, uh, get out, get back on the floor again. So, um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I just, I don't know where you want to go. I've been vamping for a few minutes here. Well, uh, you, you can finish things off. You want me you to know, do that? You know how to finish Well, I do off. know how to finish, but I, did, okay. I didn't want to jump on your, because sometimes you have things you want to talk about when we oh, come we, back. We did all our news ahead of time. We did all that? Yep. All right, well, then I can finish things. Okay. Woohoo! You can turn my mic off. I will do that! <laughs> we want to wish some people a happy birthday. And you will be eligible here in just a moment. We're going to have a drawing for four cupcakes from La Dessert Cafe. Also, free small drink from the Coffee Lodge. And today, we wish happy birthday to Donna Pontius, uh, co-chair of the Reese Committee. So, Donna, happy birthday. We will throw your name in the hat. We will shake up the hat. A lot of names this week. So, the competition is fierce for this Cupcake and drink-filled prize. <laughs> and our winner is Vonda. So Vonda had uh, her birthday yesterday. You're the winner of our four cupcakes from La Dessert Cafe. Also free small drink from the Coffee Lodge. Don't have any um, anniversaries today. If you got married in January, let us know about it. We will say happy anniversary. And then you will be eligible for our grand prize drawing on the end of the month, last day of the month. That will be the, well, actually, it'll be the 28th since that's, oh, no, wait a minute, 31st. We have 31 days in January. So that'll be when we do our drawing. 50 bucks from Deaton Clemens Van Gilder Funeral Home is on the line. So make sure you get your anniversary in and uh, let us wish you a happy anniversary. Now it is time for the Trading Post. 
Okay, don't tell Kathy. She's in the other room. She's not listening right now. So uh, we need stuff in the trading post so she doesn't stop doing this. I love doing trading posts. So uh, get us your items to sell, uh, give away, or if you're looking for something, let us know. Uh, we'll give you four days for free to sell that item or to get that item, whatever you happen to be in the market for. And that is the trading post for today. Um, don't forget, uh, next week, well, let's take a look. We will be back on Monday, and our guest will be uh, Chuck Diltz, president uh, of, uh, well, I, he's, it's a ham thing. So Chuck will be with us to talk about that. They're having a field day coming up. Uh, exciting stuff, man. Exciting stuff. So make sure you tune in for that on Monday. Kathy will be with us as the meeting is on Tuesday. Tuesday, Laura Mann will be along, and we will have, let's see who's going to be on Tuesday, Dancing with the Stars. Woohoo! So it's a fun-filled week next week starting on Monday. So make sure you tune in at 9 o'clock. Thanks for listening. And don't forget pulling basketball tonight and Saturday night. Have a great weekend. Yeah, that's all, folks.